Hey, everybody. Welcome into the Divot Room. I'm Chris. With me in studio is Todd. Todd, how you doing, man? Doing great. Good. I don't know if we really need to re- recap the last week for us, do we? No, we we <laughs> we recapped it that over those two days, which yeah. was, you know, what do you think? We were a little off the rails. Yeah. Uh, it's okay. I think it was a very organic episode. Yeah. I think. People may have enjoyed it. Not sure. The jury's still out on that one. I yep. think we had some good guests on. Yeah. Uh, I think we got some good insight. But, you know, for those of you that didn't listen to it, we, we were in Bandon all last week, and we had a phenomenal, phenomenal time. We had great weather, great friends. We had the best golf courses in the Pacific Northwest, at the very least, this side of the Mississippi, in my mind, and possibly in North America. Yep. But uh, we had a great time. So um, I don't know if you want to recap anything, any highlights from our trip or the I needed some rest after we got back. Oh, yeah. Oh, geez. That was just physically, mentally needed some some rest time. My my I know everybody's wondering how my the captain's toe toenails doing yeah yeah it, I, it's it's bent it's it's about to come off i think i'm not sure i'm i don't know do i go to the doctor and and i just i thought i can finally win this injury battle between you because i ha- you look like your ribs are <laughs> yeah i'm good your, your ribs are good what about yeah. that blood blister Oh, the blood blister. Oh, dear Lord. That's right. Is it okay? It's fine. You've been running? I've been running. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think uh, I think you may have won. Yeah. I think you may have won. Yeah. Good. Congratulations. Thanks. Feels good. Yeah. So we had, we had a great time. Again, anybody that that goes to Bandon, it's just a phenomenal place. The accommodations, the, the rooms, there's not a bad room on property. There's not a bad restaurant on property. There's not a bad golf course on property. It is just an amazing place for any sort of golfer. So check it out if you haven't. Let's give a shout out to our sponsors, Sisters Meet and Smokehouse and Sisters Oregon. If you're heading out to Eastern Oregon, swing on into Sisters. Sisters Meet and Smokehouse. Can't beat our meat. All right, dude, let's get to it. We've got some news. Big news. Tiger keeps coming into the news. It's Tiger, 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 Tiger every day. Mm -hmm. Seems to be improving. He just announced today that he will be playing in the PNC with his son, Charlie. There was some footage of him hitting drivers. Yeah. Out of Albany during the Hero World Challenge. Amazing. Looked good. Looked like a very balanced swing. It was not crazy Bryson hard and fast, but I think he's, you know, got that rod and he did indicate in his interviews that he could injure himself if he swings too hard and i don't know if he's i doubt it's his leg because it's got a fucking rod and screws but his back oh maybe because i don't think once that shit's screwed in they're like go for it but it doesn't look like you know how he always talked about how he tried to get from the ground up to just really get some power and yeah. it, it, to me, it just looked like he was taking a really nice, powerful, full swing, but not crazy. Do those rods always stay in? So they, I have a friend that has one. Okay. He fell going down some steps during a snowstorm, went into the railing, broke his, broke his tib fib. I feel like you've talked about this gentleman before. Yeah. And so he got a rod, took a bunch of months to heal 
And they then they say, hey, do you want this out? Well, then it takes a bunch of months to heal again because you got to peel your kneecap back and they got to get in there and just pull that sucker out. I don't think Tiger's getting it removed, like I've said before, because it's just would delay his his comeback. Right. And, uh, you know, he was very coy. Yeah, I did do some hit and giggles. I mean, it's just this progression of how he has let information come out about his progress, like uh, Justin Thomas saying, yeah, I... I went over and saw him. He's still his sarcastic self, and he's, and it's just Groundhog's Day. <laughs> Fucking Groundhog's Day pushing up iron. <laughs> You're right. <sighs> yeah, there there is no leg day in the Woods household right now. It's all arms. Curls for the yeah. girls, I guess. <laughs> curls for the girls. Curls for the girls. Um, yeah, it, it, like Justin, oh, yeah, and I saw Tiger sit on the couch. He looked pretty fucking big. No, he never mentioned that. He just said it was Groundhog's Day and their <laughs> dogs play together. I mean, come on, Justin. Yeah, we're, bl- we're blaming Justin Thomas now for not letting us in on just how yoked Tiger Woods is. Well, and that just goes to how Tiger lets information out. And at the Hero Challenge, he had mentioned that, yeah, I had to do some hit and giggles. I just don't know if I'm ready yet. He knew. Yeah. There was a fully orchestrated plan of attack. Yeah. And he might not be hitting it nearly as far. I mean, he did say he get every hit he can hit every club in the bag. And then the next day we see him hitting drivers. It looked pretty powerful. I would agree. It's not Tiger Woods powerful, but it could be soon. Yeah. It's exciting. It's really exciting because before the day that you and I were going to get together to do this podcast, we were just going to record some content. And that's the day that happened. Uh And that seems so long ago. Mm -hmm. Right. And to see him where he's at now, just nine months later, 10 months later, it's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. I saw Jaime Diaz talking a couple of days ago, and he was saying, I don't think we're going to see Tiger at the Masters. If any place that I think I'd see him would be at the Open Championship. (laughs) And I was like, no fucking way. If, if If Tiger can go... He's going to Augusta, and he ain't. Oh yeah, I mean, jeez, it's. He looks like he's, and Augusta again. If you hit it in the right places, you can catch these slopes where the ball just. And nobody knows it better than he does. He can get enough yardage out of it. If Mike Weir can win the Masters, if Zach Johnson can win the Masters, and they dink it, Tiger can can win it hitting it. You know, he probably hits it. 30, 40 yards past those guys. For sure. For sure. He'll he'll be there. Yeah. Um, you know, I think there was some question whether or not he would actually play. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. But uh, he'll be there. Yeah. The, the, the only issue is it's a walk. And it's you got a bunch of funky lies. It is. And is that going to bug his leg? The way that he is right now. I mean, I guess we see him hitting golf balls. We haven't seen him walking a ton. Yeah. So... And big, big difference of, of walking, you know, four to five to six rounds, depending on, I mean, he could go out to Augusta and not have to play a practice round. Yeah, absolutely. But, and and he's probably like, you know, tournament golf is different. You hit a bad one, like you hit it in the bank of Ray's Creek. Is his right leg going right. to hold up if he's putting all this weight on it? And does he want to do that? And I, I think he's smart enough that he could literally 
map out his entire four days and find a way to win it without putting himself in trouble. Right. Why are you hitting four iron here, Tiger? Because I can't go there. I got to go here. Absolutely. Absolutely. For sure. sure. Yeah, it's exciting, dude. I'm super excited. Yeah, but we've mentioned it before how much of a fan we are of Tiger and and we're extremely hopeful and have some high hopes. But Mm -hmm. here here we go. Watch out, world. (laughs) Yeah, again. Uh. PJ Tour announced a new live streaming. We kind of knew about this because Andres uh, had mentioned it to us that he was going to be doing some of this announcing. So uh, do you have any um, details on that, Todd? Yeah, so it's it's going to be ESPN Plus. Oh, good, because I have ESPN Plus. <laughs> yeah, and it's uh, direct-to-consumer streaming. Yeah, perfect. Are, is my ESPN Plus rates gonna go up i they they were making it sound like it was 6.99 oh yeah so i've got i think i've got the hulu live disney plus espn plus bundle yeah so now you're gonna get 4300 hours of golf through throughout the year an increase of more than 3200 that's amazing that's like putts made yeah feet of putts made what the what the fuck does that mean yeah and you know you know what i can hear our listeners saying right now chris why do you give a shit you say every week you didn't even watch any golf so why the hell do you care (laughs) well this is what's going to happen we'll be able to watch more of it because now it'll be on on our terms 8 (laughs) a.m right it'll be more on our terms rather than tv's terms tv's terms is almost always at one o'clock i'd rather watch josh creel playing at eight o'clock a.m. Eastern time, when I wake up at five and could watch Josh Creel for until nine, that'd be amazing. Yeah. So, so what what it's going to be is um, four concurrent feeds during the tournament. You're going to have the featured group, which is what it is. Yep. You're going to have the marquee group, which will show every shot from what tournament organizers deem to be the the group of most interest. Yep. You'll have featured holes. Um, most of which will be par threes, but other notable holes, maybe where people can go for it and two yeah. or a drivable par four. And finally, the main feed uh, will closely resemble a traditional broadcast and it will feature the best content from all its cameras stationed around the course. I like it. I do too. And it sounds fun. They said uh, each channel will, will feature hosts and analysts. John Swantech. You know who that is? No. No. Jonathan Coachman, Lisa Cornwell. I know her. Yep. Ned Michaels, Christina Kim, know her. Karen Stupples, know her. Mark Immelman. Trevor's older little brother. Maybe. Trevor's brother. Smaller brother. Yes. Yeah. Lesser known brother. Sounds just like him. Yep. Looks like him. I wonder if they're twins. Uh, Mm. Let's just say they are. Uh, Chantel McCabe. Mark West Wilson, Stuart. I've App- heard of Mark Wilson. Uh, of the Beach Boys? Of the PGA Tour. Oh. <laughs> oh, sorry. And Stuart. That's Brian Wilson. Whatever. Beach Boys. Stuart Applebee's. Heard uh, of him? Uh, of the Australias? Yeah. Is he the guy that had the, the, the naughty story? No. Robert Allenby yeah. got his ass beat in Hawaii. By himself. Yeah. Oh. But they're friends. Uh, Stuart Appleby, he's the one. I can't remember which airport it was, but he, his wife got hit by a car. I believe it was in at London. The, at the airport. And I think he witnessed it. I can't remember what it's the horrible. story was. It's it horrific. Just, yeah. Horrific. 
Michael Collins. Okay. Don't know him. But I also think Andre Gonzalez. He's not mentioned. He's in this not article. mentioned in there. I saw that same article. So maybe he's going to be standby. Like, we need you this. Th- that might be the prime, like the, um, like the, the, these people are on here every time. They might bring in different people, just especially since they're going through it. They might just kind of test them out because he's not doing anything until Riviera, right? Yeah. And the first opportunity was going to be. The first tournament was gonna be Sony, yeah, yeah, in Honolulu or the Century. Oh, it might have been the Century, and maybe after Hall, uh, maybe after Hawaii when they're back or something. Yeah, dang it. Oh yeah, uh, starting with Century Tournament of oh, Champions. So it will be in Hawaii. Yep. Okay, perfect. Which I love that tournament. Yeah, it's a great one. Kapalua um, Plantation. I'll tell you, once they get Andre going, he's gonna be one of the featured guys. He will be. He will be. For sure. Yeah. What other kind of news you got, dude? Colin Morikawa gets engaged oh. to Catherine Zhu. Z-H-U. Yeah. Sure. Um, we don't judge. They got they got engaged on the beach at um, Albany. Oh. Oh, perfect. And then he had so much fucking did, sex. Did, did, did they get engaged Saturday night by chance? Oh, God. Did had, they get engaged Saturday night? It would make sense. Yeah. Because he played like shit on he Sunday. He played like shit on Sunday. Just sleep deprivation after that. Yeah. Um, They met at Pepperdine. She played golf. Oh, okay. I went and saw her on the Instagrams. Yeah. She's a cute girl. Uh-huh. And I'm trying to decide now who the couple that I want to most see in their undie pants. And... <laughs> Is it is it Colin and his his um, fiance Catherine? Is it is it DJ and his mother in law? I, I mean is it DJ and his wife. I think we've already seen some of these couples in their underpants, though. Yeah, I I think uh, Colin Morikawa um and his his engaged. Not cute, huh? I haven't seen her. Oh, yeah, it's a cute couple. Nice. And uh, that's all I have for news. Awesome. What about the Hero World Challenge? Did you watch this at all? I watched a little. So I think last week I said it was a PGA Tour sanctioned event, which it's not. Nope. And it's my my fault. Not um, in trouble. I, a few cocktails in me. I don't know what I'm talking about. Um, but they do get World Golf uh, ranking points. Yep. For, the, for that event. So, um, yeah. Who ended up winning, Todd? <laughs> Oh, I remember. It's Vic. Vic Hovland. Victor Hovland. Thank you. He he's done I drew a blank there for a minute. He's done very well. Yes. He's he's won he's won four times. <clears throat> and they've all been resortish places. Twice in Mayakoba. Yeah. Once here in Albany. And the other one is the Uh huh. Yep. Yeah. Something where there's Bermuda. Puerto Rico. The guy, oh. Yeah, he did, because he broke the Puerto Rico curse, right? So the guy from Norway. Loves hot places. Hot and sweaty places. Yeah. Uh, he kicked everybody's ass. There was there was some closeness. I mean. Yeah, Colin Morikawa. Had a. Then he got engaged. Four shot lead, I think on 12. And 25 minutes later, he was two behind. Insane. He hit some stinkers into the desert or the sand what's the story behind patrick reed cheating are you fucking kidding me the guy fucking cheated again (laughs) 
I didn't see any clarifying stuff. I just saw there was a bunch of stuff online. And I don't know if he took like a questionable drop out of some grass or whatever it may be. But they said, ah, it's a good way to end the year by and alluded to the fact that he might have done some questionable stuff. Jeez. Ah, and then we had the Spieth and uh, Stenson debacle where they were the first ones out on Sunday. Is it Sunday? And they teed off on the wrong hole. Oh, my God. <laughs> what a couple of idiots. Well, dude, I look at that, and they, they did say there was some very specific instructions to these folks about which tee box to tee off from because they were set up. Yeah. Like, there were some official tee markers on each hole. So, it, I mean, it would be it would be hard. I mean, you look at it, they teed off from what looked to be a legitimate tee box. Oh, yeah. It was definitely a tee box. It yeah. was the wrong one. <laughs> it was the wrong one. Not only did they get a two-stroke penalty, they actually had to go back and tee off from the right ones. That's fun. Yeah. Well, and I love how a rules official chased him down in his cart and just told him, hey, dipshit, <laughs> he hit from the wrong tee. And... Mm, wow okay i get it uh jordan he's got a baby right and mama's like hold him do you think mama was there oh yeah you think she came out for the sh- for the tournament oh fuck yes okay. and their nanny okay and the nanny's nanny so why does jordan have to be the one because he's because the, they, they they have this very specific <laughs> policy in their family that he has to hold the baby a certain amount of hours each day so he was tired yeah uh, Henrik, I don't know. He's got no excuse other than the fact that he's just, he was done. Oh, God. He's like, hey, the first tee box we come to, let's just tee it up. Yeah, right. <laughs> and and Jordan, I think after he teed off from the wrong tee box, he was like, I, I, I just figured they'd give me a two-stroke penalty or just like whatever, because it's not a PGA Tour sanctioned event. But then right. he, that's where I learned there are some points. Yeah. So, and, you know, he had a couple of years where it turns out he needed points. So he might as well grab some and and go back and hit it again. They laughed it off. They're good dudes. Nice. I don't really have much uh, from the hero. Do you have anything else? Uh, Sam Burns. Oh, boy, that poor fucker. (laughs) Did you see this? No. Oh, God. So on the 14th hole was a drivable, drivable par four. Oh, and I did see this. He, he got it up next to the hole, and he tried a three-wood once. He tried a putter once. He tried a... This is a false front, right? Yeah, false kinda, front. It just like rolled an, to his feet every like time. Old, old McDonald's or a Pacific Dunes false front. <laughs> oh, God. He made a triple. Made a seven. Boom. And he was tied for the lead right before then. It happens. Golf is hard. It is hard, and... Uh, he still got a good check. I don't know what he, I don't remember what they, uh, they all got good checks. Yeah. Uh, let me see if I can pull up the, the, the amounts that the winner got. Do you remember what the winner got? Was it a mil? Was it two Uh, mil? It it had to have been more than a million. I would probably guess 1.7 million. You would think, I mean, those guys aren't just out there. Just, you know, they're, they're, it's a special invite type of thing. Oh God! Oh God! Uh, I just had it in my my sausage fingers. <laughs> um, jeez. Here we go. Tournament champions is January sixth and the ninth, and the hero. Okay. 
Oh, they don't show any earnings. That's just great. Oh, they don't want to make it public. There you go. 501C. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, uh, yeah, who knows? Yeah. Anyway, They made a lot of money. Yeah. Either way. Everybody did. Everybody made a lot of money. All right. Unless you have something else, we can get to the big part of this show. What's that? Well, we just interviewed Drew Stoltz from Golf Subpar. <laughs> oh, aren't we about to interview him, Chris? <laughs> big deal. We're going to insert interview here, but amazing guy had a great time super good dude we contacted him on twitter he was more than willing to to sit down with us via zoom and just had a great chat with him it was amazing and uh we hope you guys all enjoy it here is drew stoltz all right welcome into the divot room we're here with drew stoltz drew this is an honor to have you this is this is great we're uh, from one golf podcast to another we uh we're honored to have you here we're big fans of golf subpar and uh just uh want to introduce ourselves i'm chris uh and, and with me in studio here is is my co-host todd todd why don't you say hi hey drew how's it going i'm great boys thanks for having me on i appreciate it as a uh, fellow golf podcaster I, I can appreciate the hustle and the grind that goes with getting you know guests on and chasing them down and doing all that so happy to be with y'all yeah that's awesome dude i you know we're two professional firefighters with the golf podcast so i thought maybe you and colt could switch it up one of these days and two professional golfers do it a firefighter podcast one time <laughs> <laughs> well shit it, it's my honor then to be working with the two of y'all i appreciate what you guys do and i can guarantee you Y'all are a lot better at podcasting than me or Colt would be at uh, saving lives or putting out fires. I can well, tell you that right yeah, now. maybe. Maybe we, we should get out, get out of the way. Do you prefer the sleaze, Mister Sleaze, the sleaze man? What do you What do you like? Sleazy, your highness. No, I'm kidding. Sleaze, <laughs> man. Everyone, like, yeah, all my boys, like, all, it's mostly like around Scottsdale now. I guess it's like more, but just like. Yeah, just sleaze. Like, what up, sleaze, or something like that. I love it. It's it, all good. Yeah, it's a great nickname. Well, but we got to understand where it came from, right? Of course. So we're we're yeah. let's, let's let's get that out of the way too. Where'd this sleaze man come from? It's tough when I get introduced to people that are like important or someone like, hey, this is my buddy sleaze. I've been talking. you know what I mean. It's not like the greatest first impression. Like, right. I, you know, you think there's some crazy story like strip club gone wrong incident that uh, led to that but actually it started like dude i don't even know how many years ago i was still playing on the jicks when this happened but a good buddy of mine from colorado his name is derek tolan he's a great player young kid coming up like uh 16 years old qualified for the u.s open at beth page all that type of shit right he was one of those dudes he's one of my closest buzz we used to travel play a lot of golf together and he was down here i was playing the gateway tour at the time which was like a pretty good mini tour out here on the west coast mostly in arizona and it used to get good players like some tour guys as they gear up for the season so he would come down i played the whole season he would come down and play like a few from colorado and he'd stay with me every time right so like in between tournaments we'd have a tournament then we'd have you know four or five days till the next one started we go out and play some games and matches and one day we went out it was at whisper rock took him out there we were playing it's kind of like a nasty cold kind of not good day in the middle of the winter in scottsdale and um, so we have our, we're, we're playing a match, right? Just heads up against each other. And dude, for like the first, the front nine for sure, like I was hitting it like shit. I just wasn't hitting it good, you know, slapping it off the tee, scraping it up somewhere by the green. Didn't have hardly any birdie looks, but I was just getting up and down from everywhere, which is kind of what I used to do. Like I had days where I hit it good, but I wasn't like, you wouldn't look at me and be like, that's the greatest iron player in the world. I was fine, but it wasn't great. And especially on this day, it wasn't great. 
I was getting up and down from everywhere. Meanwhile, he was hitting BBs, hitting the green, missing birdie putts, tapping in for par. There were like seven holes were tied or so. And on the eighth hole, it's a par five. I went for it in two. There's like desert area that surrounds the green. I hit it in the desert. He hit it up there somewhere on, on grass. And it like, he had an easy up and down. I was in the rocks. I had like nothing to work with. And I had this like flop shot out of the, out of the rocks. Desert rolls up there to like a foot or whatever. And he kind of turns around. He's like, dude, these are some of the sleaziest up and downs I've ever seen. Right? And it was just like a nothing, like knowing I'm just giggling. I'm like, pick it up, you know, go to the next. And um, for the rest of that day, like anytime I'd miss a green, he'd say something like, here comes the sleaze or, you know, oh, I love you know it. sleazy D or whatever. And like, dude, it was a nothing. Like I thought nothing of it. And then we got in the grill afterwards and he's like, yeah, this sleaze friggin' shut, you know, whatever, 71 by hitting four greens or whatever it was. And dude, like from that point on, like that day around the table, everyone was calling me sleaze. And it just, I had no idea leaving the grill that day that like, that's what I'd be called for the next friggin' whatever, you know, 12 years of my life. And I'd have radio show with it in the title and all that type of stuff. So it was a complete like throwaway comment, but, um, it stuck, man. And I'd like, even if I wanted to shake, I like it, but even if I wanted to shake it, I couldn't at this point. Absolutely not. And so did Colt get gravy? Cause he likes to eat a bunch of gravy. <laughs> it's a fitting name you would think that i don't even know if he's a big gravy fan but like actually his came his came from steve elkington uh, and um i don't even know where like what the origin of it was he's talked about it before but i know it came from steve elkington it was just something like you know go get him big gravy or, or something along those lines maybe it was on twitter or something like that and it kind of stuck so that's like his his nickname is is gravy but like around the club and stuff like that we were not like hey gravy what's up you know what i mean i call him that once in a while i normally call him bg i would like, yo bg mm -hmm. like for big gravy. right 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 um but i hardly ever like call him gravy so most people will call him colt or whatever i call him bg all the time um but yeah that's where his started steve elkington shout out steve elkington he, yeah. he uh he came up with that however many years ago oh right right on it's it's way better than being called armpit or <laughs> Little P. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, no. shit, yeah. Little balls, yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. good stuff, man. Uh, Drew, why don't you just give us a quick bio about yourself? Give us some highlights from your childhood, high school, college, and, and how you got into golf. Yeah, sure, dude. Uh, I was born in Arkansas. I grew up there, spent eight years down there. We moved to Colorado when I was about eight or nine years old. Didn't get into golf till I was like about 12 was when I really got serious. So I played a lot of other sports. In Colorado, you don't even have the option to play golf in the winter, right? Starting like mid-October, more or less, you got to kind of shut it down till about April-ish, you know, realistically. So even if you love golf, you got to do something else in the winter. So I played basketball all through the winters growing up. I kind of played everything but golf. And starting at about 12, I got into it. I just go out and just slap it around with my dad, like a lot of guys and dude, just one day it just like clicked and was like, bam, that was like the only thing I wanted to do. So starting at 12 was when I really started to get into golf, which is like late by today's standards. Right. But even all the way through high school, still played basketball, still had to do something in the winter with the exception of my junior year. I didn't play. And I went, that's when I, I mean, I knew golf was what I wanted to do like in college. And that was realistically the only thing I was going to do. I wouldn't, you know, get any, any looks as a, six one white point guard going anywhere good so but golf was it for me and um so i took that that winter off started you know went and traveled and played some some winter tournaments you know there was a tour called the future collegians world tour jim mcclain put up back then that was kind of what we what you played back then uh i won a couple of those that winter was playing ajgas all the way through up or all the way through high school I had some good finishes in those, like lost in a playoff in one of them and some other high finishes. And so like my junior year is when recruiting started getting ramped up. 
I looked at a ton of places, but at the very end of the day, it, it came down to like TCU, SMU, Vanderbilt were kind of my last three that I really liked. They're all really similar schools, actually, but loved all three of those. Knew I wanted to go somewhere warm, get out of the cold from Colorado. I'd won my state championship my, my senior year. I was runner up my junior year. So I was starting to get some looks from a lot of places, but those are the three that stood out. And at the time when I went there, I, I didn't really know where I wanted to go. And SMU and Vanderbilt had like another, they basically had like a certain amount of scholarship left. And it was between me and another guy. And it was basically like whoever commits first gets this money. And the two guys at those two schools committed like before I had finished all my trips. And so then I went to TCU last. And at the time I walked off campus, I was like, yo, that's 100% where I'm going. I fell in love with the place. Loved it. I did my TCU and SMU trip at the same time. Colt and I talk about it because we would end up playing college golf together. That's where I got to know Colt, just TCU and SMU kind of down the road from each other. The day I went to SMU, they got a sweet campus there. It's a great spot, but it was like a nasty day, dude, like cold, raining, nobody on campus. The place was deserted. We couldn't do all the stuff you want to do on like a trip. Right. So I finished that day. We drive around some of the golf courses. The next day I go to TCU, the sun's out. There's, babes all over the quad like laying out it felt like active we went you know, we walked around all the golf courses right down the road to colonial which is like basically on oh, campus wow. and all this stuff and so like be interesting to see if it'd been a nice if the roles have been reversed if it was like nasty at tcu and nice at smu i might have said just pulled the trigger right there but didn't i ended up going to tcu and man um had a ball so i, I went through there didn't have any sort of special college career i was decent you know i was solid i won one time i won our conference championship through there um, was a part of some pretty good teams that kind of underperformed in postseason play. Graduated, moved to Scottsdale right after that. Knew I was coming out here after school. Had some buddies out here in Scottsdale, some West Coast guys who were a year or two older. Um, went to like USC and Arizona and some schools like that. And every time I came to Scottsdale, man, I just loved it. So I came out here, started playing on the Jicks, going to Q school, all that. And man, I played probably what I played. I went to Q school five times i think before i got all the way through i think it was my sixth crack fifth or sixth crack that i got to finals so i had a corn ferry tour card i went to finals it was in florida played very bad down there just ran into some made some big numbers around pga national which is easy to do but um it was more or less a death march for me around there for six rounds had you know shitty status so that year i ended up playing a ton of monday qualifiers chasing all that stuff and by the end of that year man it's just a tough, it's a tough sled when you're going out and you're shooting 66 with no bogeys and you lose in a playoff and you got another, you know, you get nothing out of it. You just spent a bunch of money, but you don't even get a chance to peg it. And it's just an easy way. I think that path where you just spend a year Mondaying for tour events, web events, I got in some, but then you press so hard when you're in, like, I really got to have a week this year. I got to shuffle up. I got to start trying to get more starts put more and more pressure on yourself to just try to shoot these crazy numbers and you get away from just going out and playing golf. And I think it's an easy way. I've seen it happen to a lot of guys where that conditional card can be tough just because you want to chase it. You feel like you, you should, and you have to really, but after a while, just like the constant disappointment, even when you're playing really good golf um, can beat you up. So after that year, I basically said, you know what? Um, I've had about enough. I was, I was turning 30 that year and I just put a stop on myself when I started pro golf. Like if I don't have my tour card by 30, like, not to say I could never have gotten it. I think I could have gotten it eventually, but I just wasn't willing to be the 37-year-old guy on the web.com tour at the time. You know what I mean? Still chasing it. Because I used to see those guys when I was in my mid-20s and be like, what's this guy doing, dude? If you're going to make it, you would have made it by now. And I had enough friends on tour that I'd play with all the time, and I could beat them just as easy as they would beat me. But, you know, everyone's got the same shot. Some guys sack up when, when you need to, and some guys don't. I unfortunately 
had a few rounds if I could have over. I think things could play it a lot differently, but, you know, played a bunch of web.com, got in one Monday into a t- one tour event, and um, but won a shitload of Jicky Jack events. So there's that, the king of the jicks, dude. It's better <laughs> to be king of, a, king of a hill than a peasant on a mountain. So I had a good time, but that's where, like, all my relationships come from, and I look back on it. I'm happy that I left the game. I couldn't be happier where I am now, and uh, I think it all worked out for the best. I, I'd say you're doing pretty well for yourself right now. <laughs> we, 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 it seems like it. We don't know for sure. <laughs> no, it's all, it's all a facade, dude. <laughs> Hanging on by a thread. So I went and looked at your your Wikipedia, and I ended up getting Wikitia. Yeah, that's some funny shit, dude. <laughs> that is some bullshit. So I actually don't even know how this. Ha- I know nothing about computers. I can barely check my email. But I have this nitwit friend in town who is unemployed and does nothing. He's a complete bum. But one day out of the blue, he sends me a screenshot. He cre- Apparently you can just go on and make like a fake page about people, whatever. You could just write like this kid is a child molester, you know, right, you right. shit up and just post it. Like everyone can <laughs> see it. So he makes this fake thing up. I don't even, I haven't looked at it in forever, but there's a bunch of weird shit on there. That's all fake and stuff like that. Yeah. It talked about you being an underperformer in golf and <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. He knocks my golf and all this stuff, which by the way, I give, I give him five aside. He's a complete chop, but uh, <laughs> he sends it to me and I kind of get a giggle out of it. And then like, I had a few people like when, if we go on a show or whatever, like, yeah, I Googled you and this came up. So I reached out to the dude. I'm like, yo, Take this shit down. It's weird. I make I sound really weird. Take it. I take it off. So he's like, okay, okay. So he goes in and and apparently tries to take it off. And I I don't know what the deal is, but he's like, dude, I can't get it off. Oh, no. and it's, it, I can't get it removed. So now I just have this bullshit like Wikipedia it, page. It's a fake Wikipedia just floating around up there. It's the second thing that comes up when you type your name. Yeah, it's like, dude, it's like right oh, there. I'm like, dude, man. what do you mean you can't? You put it up, email them, or however this shit works, and get the thing taken down, bro. It says a bunch. Of, like, I get it all the time now. So I'm just like, god damn, this complete bum so sabotaging it, my entire life no it's funny i, I it's good but so, some real stuff that i did find out in in high school it said you broke hale Irwin's all-time state scoring record with a 10 underscore uh in 2001 at the state tourney is that the one you won yeah that was my senior year so i'd finished runner up my junior year which kind of pissed me off i, I wanted to you know I had an older buddy in my same town that was always, he's like the only dude in, from Fort Collins to have ever won state, or at least in modern history. And he was always giving me shit like, until you win state, you ain't nothing and all this stuff. And so like, there's a big deal in Colorado, that state tournament. Like that's kind of the thing. You mm-hmm. know what I, mean? I mean, I'm sure it is in every state, but like, that's the one you, it's better to win an AJGA than it is to win state. Like that, but it's like, that's the, just, you're the dude in the state. State so champion. My junior year. Then my senior year, yeah, it's actually a pretty gnarly story. I, I played out there. I played well the first day. I shot 68. I was in second place. We had a good, like, class that year of juniors and seniors. A lot of dudes that went on to play that good D1 programs and things like that. And I'm, I'm two back, I believe. I think a kid had shot a 66. And he goes out on the front nine of the second day and shoots, like, four under. He's just, this kid's going off. And I was like, shit, I was, like, four back, you know. To- and I played good. I think I shot maybe this. I think I shot two under, but I'm like four back going into the back nine. I'm like, damn, I cannot finish runner up back to back years. Long story short, this kid had a couple of hiccups, made a bogey or two. I made a few birdies. We're going into 17, excuse me, we're going into 16 tied. It's a par five. He had hit the, uh, he had hit it up near the green in two. I had hit it up near the green in two. I end up hitting like this little flop shot. Uh, I hoop it from off the green from nice. Eagle on 17. He ends up getting up and down, makes birdies. So we go to 17 tied. 
I missed the green just 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 off the front of the green. I chip in again. So uh, back to back chip ins. Sleazy, one yeah, sleazy. Yeah, that was the sleaze was alive even before. <laughs> uh, uh, and then we both uh, we both made par on the 18th, so I ended up winning that golf round. But like even to this day, like back to back chip ins are pretty rare, you know, anywhere. Um, I, I've only probably done it a handful of times since then, but to do it at that part, that was, that's like a really cool deal. And I didn't even know at the time about hell Irwin's record, but they just started when they started like writing it up and stuff, I found out about that. So it's kind of like a cool little feather in my cap. Just looking back. Absolutely. You know, like, and I got, I got one thing over Hale. He had a slightly better career after that than I did, but at least I got one. Thing. Did you ever go up to that old fuck and say, Hey bitch, <laughs> I own you. I own Dude, you. I, I've actually seen him around a few times, and I was like, yo, is he going to be close? Is he, is he still pissed about the state? I, mean, I know he got some U.S. Opens and shit, but he don't uh, have that Colorado record. Right? I mean, uh, this dude might not even talk to me if I go up. So, yeah, I haven't brought it up to him. The wound is still fresh for Hale, dude. I for sure. I let sleeping dogs lie. Oh, right. That's awesome. Hey, so uh, I, may, maybe Hale is, but who is the most influential person in your golf life? I mean, I would say my dad, just because, like, that's who got me started in it. I'm sure that's, like, everybody's answer, right? I think every young kid, eventually their dad's got to drag them out to the golf course at some point for them to put a club in their hand and things like that. Um, in terms of most, like, influential, man, that's a great question. Uh, I mean, Tiger Tiger's what got me. 97 Masters, dude, That's the, you, you can pinpoint it to the time. Like, that's when I started getting it. I was, like, kind of just starting to get into golf, and, like, then that happened, and it was, like, all I want to do is golf it just happened to coincide i think i would have liked golf and gotten into golf without tiger doing that but like once he did that it was like bam everything you know i think there's an entire yeah there's an entire generation of golfers out there that probably have the same kind of story right about tiger early on his career yeah i mean every tour player we have on radio podcast whatever it's around our same age it's the same story so it's kind of like a cliche answer but it's like he's the only dude and like any sport that influenced that many people, all these dudes out here run through the top 10 right now. And they'll all like can tell you where they were when he won the 97 masters. And it yeah. just happened to coincide with me actually kind of starting to like golf at the time. And then that was the catalyst for like everything. Nice. Did your, did your dad play the golf? My dad does play the golf. Yeah. My dad plays the golf. My dad still plays the golf. Um, so he got, he used to love to go out after work, hit ball. That's when he would drag me around and I would just show up. I had like, four clubs one was like a driver that i used as a three wood my whole thing was like i'd he would tee off and i would get i would i wanted to drive the cart the whole time mm -hmm. uh, but i had a couple accidents with carts where i ended up wrecking some carts so i got banned from it driving happens. the cart so then i would get out of the cart and he, i would have him drive to his tee shot and i would race him on foot and like see if i could beat of course. him ball. that was like the only reason i wanted to go out on the golf course they hit that i just had black persimmon fairway wood that i use for literally everything i mean just the entire hole i mean i would top it or you know whatever knife it up there somewhere right and then it became can i outrace my dad to the next shot him in the cart and me running so do, that was pretty much it do you remember how old you were when you finally beat him for the first time i don't remember the age it was in high school yeah i don't remember the age but i remember the time and i remember more i remember the times that i like blew it i remember beating mm. my dad for the first time and i also remember like vividly when I was trying to break 80 yeah. for the first time I was in like you know I don't know seventh or grade or something like maybe I don't know so yeah probably seventh eighth grade somewhere in there and like dude our golf course was a par 35 36 and I can distinctly remember one day going out the 36 par was the back nine that's the back was tougher for me because it it's longer mm -hmm. um there's some tougher holes out there so I went out one day with my dad and we played that back we were only going to play nine and I shot like 
37, I think I did. I shot like one. It was like my best nine on that nine ever. I was like, dude, we cannot go home. All I got to do is get cruise a 42 on the back and I'm fucking in the house with 79. Like, I don't right. care if it's pitch black. It doesn't count if I come back tomorrow, like it's over. But dude, I never shoot 37 on this side. Let's go. So he's like, all right, let's go. So we're going to play like this quick nine before, you know, it gets dark and all this stuff. And I'm going around, I'm bogeying, 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 but I'm just, I'm doing everything I can to blow it. Like I have a hundred times. And all I want to do is break 80 for the first time on our fourth hole. I'll never forget it. Hooked it in the trees, had no shot whatsoever. But at the time it's like, if I didn't hit the green as a kid, like I wasn't getting up and down and I right. couldn't punch out to a hundred and get up and down. It was just like conceding bogey. So my only hope was to try to hit this little hook, chase it up on the green. It hits, I, I hit this shot. It hits a tree. 12 yards in front of me, the middle of the tree, he bounces back like over my head backwards further into the trees. And I had a six iron, which was like old hand-me-downs from my parents, right? They didn't fit me. They were enormous, all this shit. And I took this six iron. I just tomahawked it, just <laughs> threw it as hard as I could just straight in front of me. And it ends up hitting the tree uh, that I'd hit with my ball, wraps around that tree, goes to the ground. My dad had like given me these clubs. You oh, know what I mean? They're old hand-me-downs. Yeah. And he looks at me right now. He's like, go pick that club up. We're getting like, we're out. Like you're done basically. And I had to go walk and get my club. My dad put me in the cart, drove me straight to the club. I was, I don't even think we got my ball and dude, like dead silence in the cart on the way up to the club. I was dead silence in the car, on the car ride on the way home. And like, my dad was so pissed and I ended up getting this ass chewing. Like you ever throw a club, you ever act like that. Like those aren't even your clubs. You're out here. You're lucky to be out here. All this stuff. And I, I completely lost my mind. That's like one story I'll never forget, but I was trying to break 80 for the first time. And then finally, eventually um, I did it. But yeah, that's, so that's why probably why I was never like a big club slammer or club thrower. I think that's a good dad imparting that on their son and more dads should do that because yeah. there is nothing worse than seeing people lose their fucking mind on the golf course especially with play us with kids yeah i'd play with these kids and like their parents would be watching them just have these tantrums out in tournaments and i'm like are you are you shitting me if i did one tenth of that my dad would yank my ass off this golf course so fast i wouldn't play another tournament for the rest of the year yeah like, he didn't play around with that and i think more kids could use as like more he's like more old school vibe you know what i mean mm -hmm. like the modern day where it's like oh everything's okay <laughs> right yeah <laughs> yeah that's fine that's a great story. <clears throat> Dude, so we're big fans of Golf Subpar. Tell us how it came to be. Yeah. Um, I had, After I quit golf, I was kind of figuring out what I wanted to do with my life. I really had no idea. I'll fast forward through the minutia here, but I ended up getting into the finance world. I was going into wealth management with Merrill Lynch, and I didn't last long, but I had to go through past my Series 7, 66. It's a long time of testing, like some fairly high-level tests, and Went through all that, got into the world and quickly realized that I hated it. I hated talking to people about money. I was always brought up. You don't talk to people about money. You know, that's taboo. Yeah. So I, I, I was taught as a kid, you know, growing up, like you don't talk to people about money. That's their business. It's not your business. That's taboo. And then all of a sudden that became my job. Like I was going to be the guy that like, you know, the marketing guy. I thought I'd just be on the golf course playing with dudes. And then I'd be like, hey, give us all your money. And they'd be like, yeah, great. I love playing golf. <laughs> I have everything. Here's my whole balance sheet, kid. You've been in finance for eight minutes. You know what I mean? So I quickly got out of that. Then it became like, what do I want to do next? I explored some other things. Um, and at the time, I'd, I started doing like very casually some podcasts for this company called the Action Network. They were doing some golf stuff, right? And oh, yeah. I kind of came on as like the player, you know, whatever you want to call it. The like, not no like data and analytics in terms of. I, I remember the Action Network, and I, I don't even know if it's around, is it? Yeah, it's still around, but like, I don't know. The guy that got me into it is no longer there. So basically, you know, once that was my only tie to that place. So I was just doing that casually, but I, um, 
at the time, uh, well, I guess the guys that are higher ups at, at 8am golf or 8am and 8am golf, golf.com, those guys were some friends of mine. And so they had approached me at the time. They knew I was doing this stuff with action, all that. Um, and they said, Hey dude, we want to get more into the digital space. Like, you know, in, in the golf world, like we're getting, you know, magazines, we want to, we want to start doing our podcast and things like that. I was like, perfect dude. Cause this is what I want to do. Here's the plan. I want to do a podcast. Like I know all these guys, you know, most of the guys out on tour that are the name, like I know these guys, they're friends of mine They're and they're cool dudes, but like you watch them on TV and it's just the same cliche, mm-hmm. you know, BS, nothing answers. It's just robotic stuff that they go through. Let's do a podcast. You're letting me do whatever I want. I want to do like long form interviews with these guys, sit down, let them laugh, have a drink, just like two dudes chopping it up. Hopefully after a round, let people see that these guys are actually fun. You know, there's a lot more personality than what you see on, on television. It's like, great. That's perfect. Uh, let's get this thing, you know, lined up and we'll, we'll, we're looking to launch like later in the year. Right. Well, around that same time, Colt was kind of, I could tell just on conversations on like his last legs on playing. Right. He was, um, he had had an injury that put him on the sideline for a while. He'd come back. He wasn't playing his best. I knew he was talking, you know, he was kind of thinking about getting out of it. And at the time he had talked with Sirius XM about possibility of doing a radio. Right. I think his agent reached out or whatever. And coincidentally, around that same time, you know, he calls me. He's like, hey, dude, um, got a radio show on Sirius XM. It's going to just start one hour a week. That's it. And we'll kind of see how it goes. But if it goes better, we can move, you know, move into more time slots and things like that. Do you want to do it with me? He's like, oh, oh, you know, I'd like to do it with you. I was like, yeah, dude, perfect. That's awesome. Oh, and by the way, here's another thing. I might be doing this podcast with golf.com. You know, if this if this radio ends up taking off, like it would make sense to do all this stuff together, right? Like under one kind of brand, one umbrella or whatever. So the timing of the two, the radio ended up starting before the podcast. We went in April. Masters week actually was our first um, week that we went like, what, three years ago, I guess, two or three years ago on Sirius. And then the podcast ended up like launching that following year, although we kind of got into like the talks of it later in that year. So that's kind of where it worked out. Colt was on the forefront of the radio stuff, the podcast, you know, I'd had discussions with, and then uh, uh, the way things shook out, we, we just kind of melded the two together and ended up doing both together. And it's been, it's been a riot ever since. Was it, was that 2017 ish? Yeah. I'm trying to think. I think it was, I want to say it was 18. I don't know. Okay. The podcast is going on our the podcast is only a year and a half in or a year and a half plus in almost two. It'll be two in February. Cause I think Phoenix open week was our first week. Um, which what will be two years ago? How did how have they been only doing it like you know seven months longer than us, Chris? And he's so fucking big, you know what the fuck? He's got connections. Oh <laughs> yeah, uh, oh marketing, yeah, blackmail material for the right people. Yeah, <laughs> people. T- I can't get. I can't get into it. People, people tell us they're like, yeah, we like your podcast. We don't even like golf, but we like you guys. I'm like, all right, well, hey, whatever makes you listen, that's cool. <laughs> that's nice. Yeah. Absolutely. You got more appeal than just golf. So I got to tell you, so back in, oh gosh, I guess it was in June. uh, Tim Tucker has some ties to Oregon. He was a caddy at Bandon Dunes. Uh, We have some, uh, some mutual friends. And I told Todd, I said, we got to get him. We've got to get him. This could be, this could be our big deal. Well, we got him. Well, guess who got him a week before we did. You son of a bitch. No, you I, son of a I, bitch. I swear to God, I told Todd, I was like, we're going to be it. We're going to get this, you know, exclusive interview. We're going to get him first. And then I saw you guys post something about Tim Tucker. I was like, 
No. <laughs> oh, fuck. It was going to catapult us. It was going to catapult us. And, and you fucking God. stole our thunder. We we just undercut the shit out of y'all. That's our MO. We find out who's coming on what, and then we slide them yeah. in and say, do, it, do ours two days before and say everything I, you're going to say. I have a feeling more people listen to yours than they listen to ours. But I will tell you, oh, though, the, the, the interviews were different. They were both good, but they they were they were a little bit different. Yeah, my, my... I apologize for that, boys. I had no idea. <laughs> no worries. I'll wear that one. I'll wear that one. Yeah, so I mean, the, the, dog eat dog world. Yeah, it is. That that interview, my wife couldn't get through it because Tim is very technical. Yeah, it, it, it's a it's oh, a yeah. you got to be a fucking golf geek to get through that one. Um, Dude, yeah, that job, all that goes into that job. I I would I wouldn't last two holes out there. I mean, that's like you need six months of training just to get through you know the pre-shot routine all right <laughs> so the, the one of the questions i had when i was talking to him before is like can is there anything i shouldn't ask you and he's like no you can ask me anything you want but i'm gonna be nice and mm-hmm. and i thought that was cool and uh he was great about it he was just just the nicest guy and sat there in his recliner and and was talking to us and i thought that was great do, so, go ahead do, do, do you do you have like I listened to the fuzzy interview recently. Did did you guys talk about like you wouldn't be talking or asking certain questions? Yeah, we we, we kind of if there's anything that's like pressing or we know is like sensitive, we'd talk about before like, hey, do you got any issues? Anything you don't do or don't want to talk about and things like that? Because we don't want to be like gotcha, you know what I mean? Like of course not. journalist yeah. type shit. We want guys to want to come on, so we don't want to scare anybody off and things like that. And most people just say like, no, dude, ask me whatever. And another thing we do is like. The conversation ends up going places a lot of times that we don't know it's going to go, but we give all of our guests like final cut. So like if you if we get done and they're like, dude, it's it's only happened once or twice, I would say, in the entire time we've been going. But maybe somebody calls the day after and they're like, dude, I forgot. Like I, I probably shouldn't have said that about. So like, can you cut out this part or whatever? You know what I mean? Oh, interesting. Like that or like we have some of the bigger guys. They need all their people to listen to them before, right? Like yo, my agent needs to hear it. My who, whoever needs to hear it. And then sometimes they come back with like stuff that's not even bad and then most of the time we'll just text the player whoever it was like yo they're trying to say this can't go on and they're like no no i'll talk to them it's all good you know? oh, interesting we, we try to protect everyone we're not trying to put people in like uncomfortable spots but like with the fuzzy thing dude it's like we talked about it um it's like what can we ask or what's he going to say that hasn't already been asked and said right. five thousand times we're trying to not regurgitate the same interview that's been had fifty thousand times so people like would tweet like you didn't even ask him about the tiger thing I'm like yeah dude here's 72 articles right about with his exact same answer like if you don't know his answer by now like i don't know what to tell you we aren't getting some new revolutionary answer out of it when we had jordan spieth on he was like struggling at the time and we got into his like struggles a little bit but people were like you didn't even ask him about his bad driving or whatever you know his driver all this shit i'm like dude here's 72 articles where he'll talk about it he gets asked about it every single tournament every single week like i'm not trying to have the same right interview over and over with all these dudes so like we try to get to all the stuff that we think will be like golf dudes will want to hear like the golf scoop but more like at least speaking for myself i'm more interested in like the fun like personal stuff that they haven't shared in 75 different interviews yeah. all these guys are talking to people all the time we don't want to be the same if we want to be the same like then what are we doing we're just we're just going to fall in line with every other golf outlet in the world that's not our goal it's like personal stories funny shit things people haven't heard before um so yeah we don't try to gotcha or anything but at the end of the day we let all of our guests like if they don't like something that's on there or didn't come across the right way or whatever they can yank whatever they want that's a, nice. a great answer the 
I went and looked at your guys' reviews. You guys, you have a lot of reviews. We 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 have like one, but one of your reviews. I'll review y'all after this. That'll nice. All right. Nice. Perfect. And Love that sleaze guy. What a dude. <laughs> so you got three stars on this one. I was like, oh, let's see what 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 happened. And he said, and this is from D Mitch, and he D. says. Mitch. Outside of giving a platform to that bigot fuzzy zeller a couple of weeks ago, these guys usually do a good job on this podcast. And uh, I, was, uh, I haven't seen that yet. I, I like how you got three. Like, yeah, you, you know, he's yeah. he, he likes he liked the material. He just doesn't like, like the person. He doesn't like the person. <laughs> and, yeah. And so it doesn't sound like you got canceled, which I think That's is ho- good. Is a you ho- never know. Fuck, you never know. This day and age, it doesn't take a whole lot. But from now on, the only guest we'll ever have on. Will have spotless track records for their entire life, <laughs> right? <laughs> right. We'll just have Mother Teresa on over and over every single. I bet. Week. I bet like, we I could dig know. up. I bet we could dig up some dirt on Mother yeah. Teresa. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude, she's got skeletons for sure. But like, that's part of the reason why I don't read reviews. I don't read all this stuff. I try to do a good job. I try to make it fun. I hear people like face to face. I value any of that way more than anything that can be said anonymously on a computer. What I have seen has been really nice all the time and like the messages that I get and that's awesome. But it's just like, yeah, when you get something like that, it's like, Hey dude, tiger moved past it. Tiger forgave him. Maybe you could. Right. That's never met him before. And, and, you know, absolutely is the moral compass for everyone in the world. So you guys, you guys have interviewed numerous people who do you have maybe like a top three guests that you can just think back on? Man, yeah, it's such a hard question because there's so a lot of them are so different. Like some of them were joking and laughing the whole time, and some of them we get into like serious stuff. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, in terms of funny, I think Mike Commodore, who's a hockey player, like hands down the funniest one we've ever had. It's just basically him on stage, more or less, and we just tee him up for the stories that we know are going to hit. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then just let him take over. Also, the best dudes a lot of the times are ones that are like out of their sport, retired. They're not broadcasters. They don't have, they're not, you know, under some corporate umbrella where they got to worry about what they say and mm-hmm. they can just let it loose. When you get the bigger, the guy you get, the more buttoned up they're going to be and the more protective of the brand they're going to be. Like, I totally get that. So you might not get the unfiltered everything. And we try to get as much as we can, but we know guys aren't going to be idiots and just, you know, unload crazy stories that nobody's heard before when they got a seven figure deal with five different companies. You know what I mean? Right. Especially this day and age, like it's just not going to happen, but commies is the funnest or is the funniest Sean O'Hare. If you go back and listen to his might have my favorite story oh. in all of our shows. It's one of the last questions on E nine and like Colt and I knew this story going in. It's an unbelievable one. It was basically the question was set up just to kind of like, tease him about it and allude to like what the story might be. And then we giggle for a minute and he's like, so you want me to tell the story? And I'm oh, like, holy shit. Yeah. Yes. If you're going to tell, nice. tell the story, bro. And he launches into it and it's basically just to tease it. Yeah. Go back. It's at the end of that one, but it's, it's the most, it's the most unbelievable injury, the way an injury has been sustained on the PGA tour <laughs> in the history of mankind. Nice. And I can't even, do it justice like that tease doesn't even do it justice but it's unbelievable but earlier in his interview dude if you don't know his story he went through his whole childhood and he had this dad that was like way overbearing forced him to turn pro at like 17 all the crazy shit that would go on when he didn't play good and like his upbringing is gnarly so it went from like really serious to like maybe the most embarrassing story i've ever heard but like I like a lot of the, we know all these golfers so well, right? That like mm-hmm. most of the time we know the stories that are coming before, or then that's mm-hmm. why we try to tee them up for them, right? Like, yeah. yo, tell this one, that one's great. Or how about this question? You kind of know more or less what the answer will be. 
but some of the non-golfers like i didn't know as well i thought johnny manzels was awesome dude uh, mm. johnny had moved out here i got to know johnny a good bit just playing some golf them and things like that but at the time he was kind of radio silent he hadn't done any media. He just kind of checked out, dude. You know, yep. he had gone through a pretty public everything in his career. Was getting You talk about getting bagged on the internet. I mean, that guy gets just dragged on there. He'd have been silent. And, like, so I asked him, like, yo, dude, would you, you know, we asked him, do you want to come on the pod? And he's like, yeah, dude. And before that, kind of doing our due diligence, we, I re- we reached out to him. And it's like, anything you don't want to talk about, you know, because there's some stuff there. And he's like, ask me anything you want. I don't give a shit. Love it. Perfect. And so wow. he goes through his whole thing his whole story, his whole upbringing. And like afterwards, I was like, man, these people that like want to drag this kid, it's like, you don't know what it's like to be a, a fucking rock star or a beetle at age 20 mm-hmm. with the world by the balls and everyone worships you. And all of a sudden you go from nothing to having a bazillion dollars. Every door is open across the world. And then you want to like blame a kid for making bad decisions. Like tell me you wouldn't do the same thing. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? You can, sure. Unless you've been in that, sh- in his shoes, which nobody has, by the way, very few. You don't know what you're going to do. Like, I, I make some pretty stupid decisions, and I ain't freaking, I wasn't famous or worth $80 billion, you know, at age 21. I did some dumb shit with no money and no fame. And <laughs> and I, I don't know shit from Shinola about this guy, other than what I've seen, read, watched. But mm-hmm. it, he might have some troubles with, uh, you know, mental illness, subs, which just makes everything tougher for you. Let Give a normal human being a trillion dollars, and then if you struggle with other things. I don't know the guy. But it, it can make it tough. It can just, it's like kerosene on a fire. And I don't even think it's anything, like, I don't think there were any, like, mental issues with John. I just think all of a sudden this kid from small yeah. town Texas became a rock star overnight. And, like, Drake's shouting him out and raps. And then he's hanging out with them. Oh, jeez. The whole world is falling over themselves for you. Dude, Texas A&M asked him to stop going to class. Jeez. So beat Alabama and Tuscaloosa. Like, dude, it causes too much commotion. They oh, were, like, yeah. shuttling him around in a golf cart to classes. And then eventually we're like, yo, just stop coming. It's too much, like pictures and autographs on campus. Like, dude, who's going to handle that as a 20-year-old not make some mistake? You know what I mean? So him coming on and talking about that whole deal, which I hadn't heard all that before. I was, you know, I was just like staring wow. at him. Like, yeah, keep going. Like, that one was uh, was pretty cool for me. And I got picked up by a bunch of, like, you know, football outlets, and they went through it and things like that. Um, so that helped. But, man, it, it's hard to say, like, a favor. I'll tell you what, the one that's dropping next week with Brandon Stokely, former NFL wide receiver, two-time Super Bowl, is like Peyton Manning's best friend. He's yeah, a very yeah. close buddy of mine. His is a 10. It's hilarious. Nice. But you also get some great football stories and some golf stuff. So that one's going to be really fun, too. But um, yeah, I, those are a few that stand out. The, the Travis Miller interview with yeah. that guy, I could see he could fucking sell money to anybody. He just tells a story, and it's just so easy he can get your money i mean it's just great stories and he has a great patty reed did you listen to it <laughs> i didn't we're, we're, it, we're not huge patty reed we're, fans we're not huge yeah. patrick reed yeah, yeah, fans and he has got a great story about meeting patty reed that's awesome yeah. drew yeah, which i patty's easy to bash but the way he handled that i think if i told that to travis like dude if he handled the media the same way he handled you and kind of laughed he'd be way more likable absolutely yeah, yeah. Drew, we really appreciate your time. We just have a few more questions here to kind of to wrap yeah. this up. But uh, um, I want to hear you caddied for Wyndham Clark last year, right? Correct. How did that come to be? And, and tell us a little bit about that experience. I heard about it on your show a little bit, but, yeah. but give us the rundown on that. Yeah, so Dub or Wyndham, they call him Dub. He's a close, close buddy, man. Grew up in Colorado, one of the kids carrying the flag for the state of Colorado. He's Go Ducks. 
otherworldly talented, man. This kid's got everything you could want. I mean, he smashes it off the tee. He's a great chipper and great putter. Like, he has everything. As soon as his brain clicks, um, he's going to be a force to be reckoned with. But he's a close, close buddy. Got to know him a long time ago when we were both kids. Like, he was coming over for tournaments. He was, like, stay at my parents' house and stuff like that. So we've been boys for a long time. And then we play a lot of golf out here in Scottsdale. And one of the days, like, I was playing with him. And I, um, and I was like, yo, when are you going to get me on the bag, bro? Like, you get me on the bag. Like, this thing's a wrap. Like, it's over. You know what I mean? Like, just look at us out here right now. Like, you know, like, you, I'll bring this to the tour and this shit's going to show up. <laughs> and so we kind of, like, joked about it or whatever. But then, like, just off the bat, he was like, yeah, dude, you want to you loop? I'll give you a loop. Where do you want to do it? He, like, just asked me. I was like, Colonial. Wow. Like, I went, that's where I went to school. I played the golf course a million times. It's the easiest walk on the PGA Tour. And I know a bunch of people in that town to, like, hang out with, bring some people out, have a good time. And he's, like, done. So his current caddy right now, John Ellis, former assistant at the Ducks, shout out Johnny. Um, he, I, we basically texted him. was like, yo, Ellis, Slee's going to caddy for me at Colonial. That cool? He's like, yeah, 100%. Wow. No sweat. That's just an extra week off for Johnny, you know what I mean? And we structured some pay so he would get – Taking care. I wasn't like stealing money from him. You know right. what I mean? If Wyndham goes out and wins and I, <laughs> ten that, shy, I would have felt kind of awkward. So, you know what I mean? Granted, it would have been mostly because of me, but Johnny takes <laughs> that a little bit. But yeah, so that's how it's happened, dude. And we went down there and like I told him going in, I'm like, look, I'll get you your numbers. Uh, you can confirm everything you want. I know what I'm doing out here, but like, do you know, you got your routine and all that shit. But if you want me to be like serious, locked in, like blah, all that shit, like I'd rather just not do it. I just want to go down here and bullshit and have a good time and let's hang and try to play some good golf. But I'm not trying to, you know, lock in and be super serious and stuff the whole time. He's like, dude, this is exactly what I need. I got enough of that. I've never played good at Colonial. It's like I've never made the cut. So literally anything is a bonus to me here. We ended up having a great week, dude. He finished 20th, which I think is his best finish like in the last year or so. So there's some sort of correlation there. And I tell you what, dude, if, the, if a few putts drop, I mean, he was all over just, you know, if he could borrow three inches on the week, that thing's a top five. He was wow. Just, oh, he hit it really, really well. We had a great time. And so now we're inked on a lifetime deal, dude. I'm going to caddy at Colonial uh, indefinitely going forward. Oh, yeah. So, That's awesome. Yeah, dude, it's <clears> that is awesome. What was it for like stories and shit? Not really trying to get or anything yeah if you don't mind it me asking what was the deal if he won what would you get what would his caddy get did you guys discuss that uh i don't know if there was like a, de a definitive number like hey you'll get this much i'll get this much but basically like if it come down to that because um Wyndham and i talked about i was like yo what if you win this bitch like, <laughs> you know? like i ain't doing this shit for free though if you win you right we were going to make sure Johnny got taken care of. And Johnny got taken care of just for the week. Anyways, he just got a week off and, you know, got to see the fam and stuff like that. But it would have been stacked, you know, appropriately. Let's just say that. Like, he would have been well taken care of. I'm not, like I said, I wasn't doing it to go down there. Like, hopefully he wins and I can make a hundred grand. Yeah, right. You know, I was just doing it for fun. That's my boy. And it'd be a good time. It'd make for some good content and stories. And we ended up playing well and having fun. So we're going to run it back. Sweet. Did, uh, do you think that uh, Stevie, not Stevie, who caddied for Justin Thomas when Jimmy Johnson was out for that week? And Bones. He won? It, was, it, was it Bones? Bones, yeah. Yeah. Did they have the same deal, you think? Or did Jimmy got, <laughs> he got his? Uh, that's a good question. I don't know. If I, was, if I was the guy taking a knee for a while, I'd want something in writing, especially with Justin Thomas as the dude, like pretty decent chance that kid's yeah. going to hoist a trophy at the end of the week. Absolutely. All right, Drew. So the week of Thanksgiving, Todd and I had the opportunity to go up to Tacoma Country Club, and we yes. played eighteen holes with Andres Gonzalez. Oh, 
it was Fuck. it was phenomenal. And this isn't a gotcha. This isn't a gotcha. He didn't tell us any any sleaze stories, but I got to tell you, Todd pulled a little bit of sleaze on Andres. Mm. At, at the end of the Good day, at the end of the day, Todd, Todd was getting up and down from everywhere, and he ended Good up tying Andres. So it was it was a great oh. time. He it was a great Damn. time. He yeah, uh, he must be a hell of a player. No. <laughs> It was a. Ray must have played like shit. Yep, exactly. I played out of my mind. I told I told Todd on the way home. I said, "Dude, I've played a lot of golf with you, and and watching you shoot a seventy two, it was amazing to watch. And watching watching Andre shoot a seventy two, you could tell he was struggling. Yeah, yeah. The the seventy two is real. The 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 tour pro, you probably hit like a little baby draw, Andre. Baby little draw, 40 yards past me. I mean, it's just everybody that I see that is a professional golfer has this beautiful little baby draw. And I've got this little weak-ass little <laughs> fade. Little squid. And, little yeah. shrimp up there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I actually prefer the left to right. If I'm playing good, I'm hitting it left to right. But, um, yeah, most of those guys. And, by the way, just getting linked up with Dre. That's one of my best friends on planet Earth. That's my boy. He comes down here, stays with me. We traveled. Jickies, college golf. We used to play a ton together. There's not a better human being on this planet than than Dre. I take a bullet for Dre. He treated us so well, and uh, he 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 yeah. He said that you guys are good friends, and he said that he was so nervous during the interview with you guys. He said that was the <laughs> most that was the most nervous I've ever been. He's like, "Well, I'm good friends with those guys," and I was super nervous. Dude, he's like literally staying at my house. I mean, I've spent more. I could tell you Dre stories for day. I mean, we go way back. We've seen the best and worst of each other and like we're driving down there he's in the car with me driving down he's like dude what? he's like i'm like legit nervous right now i was like you out of your mind dude like you're just <laughs> bullshitting with your boy you know what i mean like i'm not even gonna tell the stories that are like crazy embarrassing either yeah it was, it was it was it was smoke you out he, he did look a little nervous because you know i watched it and he just he could see he seemed kind of you know not like when we showed up at the tea box and he was just, you know, bigger than life there. Uh, yeah. we, we just left Vancouver, Washington, where Todd lives. We were just heading up north on I-5, and I get a text from him. He says, you boys shit in your pants yet? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, I He's don't know, best. should we? He's but, the best, dude. He would treat the king of England the same way he would treat the valet at wherever you know what that's I mean? awesome that's the, and that's the like true testament to people's character and, and dre is that yeah we had we had a great time so two more things really quick so quick reaction on tiger's announcement today playing playing with his son is it next week the 18th 18th what, what do you think about tiger's comeback do you think he'll be playing in the masters next year I'm pushing all my chips in on the table if he's playing the masters i would have said that even before i knew he was going to play in the pnc i had no idea until the hero that he was as far along as he was we saw the video online of him hitting the sandwich and i was like holy shit tiger's back on yeah of course like this is day one this is the rebuild he's gonna start with sandwich and then next week it'll be eight irons and it'll be six irons and like he'll start from there and then damned if a week later the videos didn't come out at the hero and he's hitting fairway woods and driver i was like holy shit this dude's a lot further along than i ever thought and at that point i was like dude he's gonna 100 like if he's already dude he's nine months out from when the accident happened when he was almost got his leg cut off we didn't even know if he's gonna make it type of deal to now he's already hitting drivers like he's got another four months before augusta and if he's gonna get ready for anything it's gonna be that place the question is does he play before then i would lean towards yes just to play some sort of competitive golf see how his body reacts to walking hopefully 72 holes if not you know 36 and just be out there 
just showing up out of it doesn't matter what he shoots. He shoots 85 across the board at Augusta, and no one's gonna care. Just no. the fact that he's on. Oh, absolutely. But knowing Tiger the way I do, like he ain't a not like I, I'm not saying like I do, like I'm buddies with him. <laughs> right. But just hearing the way he talks, like he don't show he doesn't show up to be a ceremonial golfer and tip the cap. Like that ain't him. So yeah, um, it's super cool that you know he's gonna get to peg it with Charlie. But um, yeah, I'm pushing all my chips in on the table for Augusta. Yeah, me too. The Justin Thomas, that son of a bitch. He's been hanging out at his house and didn't mention that he's all fucking yoked. Like, that might have been a little oh. neat. He's like, oh, no, Tiger's kind of smarty. He's kind of sarcastic yeah. still. And <laughs> What the Dude, fuck? He looks like a, looks like a free safety. I oh, mean, shit. When I first saw him, I was like, God, well, I don't know what the lower body looks That might be a little harder to, to lift, but goddamn, if he just been sitting around doing curls all day. I mean, the, I mean, I was like, how big is too big? Shit. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know. I'm never going to have that issue, but he's getting close. He's been wearing parachute <laughs> pants and tank tops, working on those beach muscles. Oh, man. All right. All right, Drew. We've taken up a ton of your time, but before we go, I want to hear your dream foursome. Besides, Todd and I can't be in it. So your dream, I'd rather just play as a single. Nice. Your dream foursome, man. (laughs) My dream foursome would be, depends how you define foursome. I got a couple different ways. Well, Uh, it includes you and three other people. (laughs) Right, right. The activity. Um, Okay. My dream foursome, it's going to go in non-golfers here because- I mean, do I want to play with Tiger? Sure. I might even throw him in there. Uh, But I want, I just want entertainment and fun. So I'm going to go three of my favorite entertainers. Okay. I I don't even give a shit about them. They shoot 200. Larry David up top. Love. Funny fucker. I love LD. Anything he does, I want to be around it. Give me Jamie Foxx. That's my number one full on entertainer across the spectrum. I think he's the most talented human being on the face of the planet. Uh, Jamie Foxx, two. And then give me my favorite comic right now, um, Ricky Gervais at three. Very nice. Nice, dude. That's where, awesome. Where, where are you guys teeing it up? Oh, I got, I mean, I haven't played Augusta. That's the <laughs> like most cliche answer in the world. Um, but shit, I don't care. Wherever they want to play, bro, um, I will be on the first thing smoking. Well, if those, if three of those guys are like, hey, Sleaze, wanna, I, yep, I, I'll be there. It could be in Sydney, I, I, Royal Melbourne. How did Gravy do at Augusta? Did he shoot a 75 or better? No, he shot 77, 77 or 78, I believe. The over-under was like, yeah, I think he shot 77. I put the over-under at 76 and a half. He, oh, lost nice. by, he lost by the hook, whatever I said. It was either 76 and a half or 77 and a half. He just said he had lumber. Dude, it's like, it's soft. It's over, you know, and the ball's not rolling. It was a little chilly. And he's like, dude, I should have lumber into every hole. Well, and it sounded like, like they might have been make, a little hungover, too. And yeah, most likely. But once he's, I've got to think once you cruise down magnolia lane like that adrenaline kicks and all of a sudden you can start feeling good pretty quick i think yeah down there all right man thank you so much stick around after i stop recording here we'll chat a little bit more but thank you so much for this interview it's been amazing our fans are gonna love it you got it thanks for having me boys all right dude so we're back that interview was amazing yep the dude is solid solid guy um you know, we'll see. I don't know how busy he is. Maybe we'll have him on the show again at some point. Probably will. He's super busy, and he's got all of his gigs. And we could have, I could have sat there and talked to him another hour. Mm. But we had to give, you know, people's times, you know, attention. He's moving. He's moving. He's, the guy's got real life issues to deal with. 
Yeah. He emailed me and said, hey, dude, I'm ready whenever you guys are. I felt bad to make him wait until the time that we scheduled. But, you know, I mean, we did start a little bit early. Yeah. So it was good. But, I mean, you got to honor a guy like that that's doing you a solid. And, Absolutely. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, he's living in his parents' house. Well, I mean, they're 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 getting ready to move. Yeah. He's staying there for a little bit. So did. when they're moving, yeah. And he's got his gigs. He's got a couple of jobs. Yeah, um, he's got to work out. Oh, so clearly, yeah. The, the guy doesn't. The the guy clearly works out. Yeah, and because I mean, um, especially you know he's probably has a few cocktails when he plays and yep and and when he podcasts. I think they imbibe a little bit. Didn't then, ask, but no, but then you know. They, you got to work out. It, absolutely. He looks great. Yeah. Um, just a very uh, great interview. Yeah. G- gave some great answers and was very forthright. It's a great interview. I think everybody's got to go listen to it. Yeah. It was awesome. All right, dude. Let's f- let's wrap up this podcast with some final thoughts. Uh, I think we just kind of touched on it at the beginning, but my ding dong of the week. There's two of them: Spieth and Stenson for teeing off on the wrong team box. Jesus, yeah, right. And I had for my trunk slammer, I had Morikawa down, but after you were talking about, it, I was like, I don't know if you really slammed trunk because probably wasn't too upset. All right. I almost want to put him in the ding dong of the week. Okay. You wait till Sunday evening to. To propose to your beautiful uh, girlfriend, yeah, Catherine Zoo. But I, I, it's got to be Spieth and uh, um, uh, Stenson, Jim Henson, Jim Henson, (laughs) the the creator of the Muppets. Yeah, God rest his soul. Dang it. Yeah, yeah. Brilliant man, though that Jim Henson guy is. Mm. I mean, Mm -hmm. I don't know if you. We're gonna go off the rails here a little bit because you you just. You just uh, hit a trigger of mine. I love Jim Henson. Yeah. I love the Muppets. I love Sesame Street. Who didn't? I love uh, the Dark Crystal. Did you ever see that movie? No. Amazing. Anyway, sorry. We're back on because we don't need to talk. That's a whole other podcast. I bet there's a podcast about Jim Henson out there. Maybe we should do an explicit children's (laughs) podcast. <laughs> you and you and I doing an explicit children's podcast. I won't, yeah, it'd be amazing. Yeah, the content will be you know children's stories, Muppets, right? Stuff. But explicit, explicit. yeah, explicit. Like we talk about Sesame Street and drop f bombs once in a while. Fucking a. <laughs> that that fucking big bird, that big yellow son of a bitch. Uh, what else you got, dude? You got anything else? Yeah, Trunk Slammer is... I, I'm Sam a, Burns. It could be Sam Burns because he spent a pile of money making that triple bogey. Yeah. But nobody was really that mad because it was... It's a, From everything I said, they tell you. I mean, it's it's a private island. It's There isn't a bad room. There's sand. You just have such a great time. I'm sure there's lots of free meals and and they give you a a bag of goodies like a towel and some logoed (laughs) balls maybe some teas a ball marker one of those yeah magnetic ball markers on your for your hat yeah so i bet there isn't a trunk slammer no probably not all right dude is that it yeah we're, we're, we're gonna we're gonna next week 
We're not making any picks for next week because it's the QBE no, shootout. This is some stupid tournament that we don't even want to cover or talk about because we got we don't even contact know. with Drew Stoltz, so we're good. Yeah, and then, uh, but we were talking about doing the 16th for the Tiger PNC, the Tiger tournament. The Tiger tournament, Tiger Charlie tournament that everybody's going to be tuning in for to see Tiger Woods. And, and are we going to make a pick? Uh, we'll have to figure it out. I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think so. Uh, one thing about this week's though, the QBE that uh, the pairings, I believe Lexi Thompson's playing in it with her brother. No, I don't think it's with her brother. I can't remember who she's That's paired the next with. Tournament the PNC. No, no, she's playing this weekend. Oh wow, it's QBE. Yeah, it all actually be interested in tuning in and kind of checking out the scores. Of course, there's, there's not that many teams. I want to say there's maybe like twenty teams. Um. So, anyways, check it out. But we're we're not going to cover it. We're not going to make any picks. It's yeah, because you're going to be busy watching the Jimmy Kimmel Bowl. <laughs> Boy, Mario fucked you on that one. He's busy making deals with Miami and fucking getting the fuck out of Eugene. That's a different story, though. Sorry. Are we done talking about football? <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. Be good humans. Get vaccinated. Everyone have a great week. Except for Patrick Reed. <laughs>